before we had our first kid, my wife and I just sitting there and being like, we're so busy. How the hell are we going to have a kid and like do all this stuff? Like, what are we going to do? How is this going to work? And we never answered that question. Like, it's just somehow you make everyday work until eventually it becomes a routine. This is the Imperfect Dad MD podcast where I'm helping dads like myself embrace their parenting imperfections and rediscover what it means to be a dad in the 21st century. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel. I am a husband, a father, and a board-certified pediatrician. And today's episode is an interview with Dr. Jordan Fry. He is a plastic surgeon um, out of Buffalo, New York. And we are discussing how his life as a physician, but also going through residency with kids, uh, really affected um, his mindset of being a dad, what he thought a dad was beforehand, to where he is now, and how he and his wife really came together as a team to make it happen. Um, he also has a blog, it's called the prudent plastic surgeon, and I will leave a link to that in the show notes. Um, and he's also on a podcast called doctors and dollars. He's a co-host on that. And again, I'll leave a, a link to that in the show notes as well. And those really cover, um, some important financial topics, you know, as, as physicians, we, aren't always good at managing finances. And so there's some good topics in there. And even if you're not a physician, it's actually a pretty good resource. So if you're interested, go ahead and give those a, a look, give them a listen. Um, they're really good to kind of increase your own knowledge on finances. Now, before we get into the interview, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so so you can get notified as soon as uh, a new episode comes out. And if you're getting anything out of this at all, I, I please leave a review. Because again, I know I've said it before, but the more reviews this podcast gets and the higher those reviews are, so even if you're just clicking stars and not typing anything, that puts this podcast higher on the list for other parents to find, especially dads. Because again, my goal in life with this podcast is to really reach out to as many dads as possible and help them embrace their imperfections as a parent um, and as just this whole sense of self and just kind of grow from that. Um, so without further ado, here we go. I am here with Jordan. Jordan, how you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, so before we get started kind of into the, the deep dive of things, why don't you let everybody out there know who you are, you know, what do you do for a living, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, thanks. So I'm Jordan Fry. I am a plastic surgeon in Buffalo, New York, which is where I'm originally from. Um, but I just moved back. This is my first year being attending. I graduated training in June of 2020, so like uh, seven months ago as of this recording. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And plastic surgery, that's a, that's a long haul. How long for those who are out there who aren't familiar with, I guess, the medical pathway, how long was residency fellowship, that kind of path for you after medical school? Yeah, no, it was long. It was, but it wasn't as long as it could have been because yeah. there's two kind of like pathways into uh, plastics. One is like you do your four years of medical school and then you go directly into a plastic surgery residency. And that's what I did. And then that residency is six years. Okay. And then I did an extra year of fellowship. Gotcha. Um, the other way is some people do like five years of general surgery residency after medical school, and then they do three years of plastic uh, surgery residency, and then like a year of, uh, you know, fellowship if they want to. Gotcha. So it, it was seven years, but it felt 
it felt long, but it, yeah. it, it was fun. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. it feels good to be out of there now. I, I, yeah. Oh, you know, pediatrics, yeah. it's, it's so three nice. years. And I, at the end of three years, I was like, yep, that was good. Could I do fellowship? Yeah, I good. could. Yeah, Am I going good. to? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm ready to get into the real world now. <laughs> um, so you have kids. Why don't you um, yeah. let us know what's your, your family build like at home? Yeah. So I'm married to my wife, Selenid. We've been together, I think like 11 years. We've been married nice. five years, I want to say, something like that. I should mm-hmm. know the exact, but... Um, and we have two kids, which we had during residency. Uh, we have Samuel, who just turned three. So I had him during, my wife had him, I should say, uh, <laughs> during, <laughs> during my fifth year of residency. And then we have Emery, who's like one and a half year old, and he was born at the beginning of my fellowship. Gotcha. So pretty close, yeah. close spread on the kids. Yeah, there, you know? yeah, yeah we have the two like boys, and, and I think we're, they're what? They're about three and a half years apart, so... Yeah, I think your spread's probably going to be better in the long haul. I'll just tell you that right now, <laughs> it's a little easier to get it all over at once. It's like pulling the bandaid, and then later it'll hopefully be smoother. But everybody's yeah. Just... So how yeah. for you? You know, going obviously going through just residency is hard, but in the surgical side of things, it's it's pretty busy, and, and you got a lot of hours compared to maybe some of the other specialties. How did that go for you guys as a married couple having kids during your residency, where you're trying to you know grind these hours out and, and everything? How did that go? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was tough, but it was definitely like worth it you know we always knew we wanted to have kids we mm-hmm. knew we wanted we didn't want to wait too long you know we were kind of ready so we knew it would be hard but kind of made the decision to move forward it, i mean it was the first one i don't know what, what you think it, our first one was like so much harder than the second one just because obviously <laughs> you're completely clueless but that coupled with like at that point i was a resident and like our residency was super long hours and mm-hmm. everything and you were you know, work in just a, a lot of hours. Um, and it was a lot of time that like you couldn't, you were in the OR, so you weren't even really accessible. Um, so my wife, like a saint, and she during all this was um, doing her PhD. So she was completing her PhD, which was tough, but a lot of the, the work she could do at home, like when she got past the uh, actual like collecting data mm-hmm. portion, So she helped out a lot. We had our parents and my family lives in Buffalo, so they would drive up. And then her mom who lives in Miami came and helped a lot, but it was, it was tough. And, you know, like there were definitely stretches where, you know, it, it it wasn't even like it felt like it just actually was that it like a week or so would go by and I wouldn't even see, you know, my son. And that's like a very weird kind of feeling, but you just try to remind yourself that's temporary. And then, Luckily for fellowship, the way I stayed at the same place for fellowship, NYU, okay. and they, the fellows are kind of treated like pseudo attendings. And so our schedule is like much, um, much easier. So I was around more, but still there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, you know, I, we have some 12 hour case today. Like you're, you're kind of on your own. I'd have to tell my wife, which is tough. Yeah. And is she now, I, I guess it's kind of a personal question. Is she working right now or is she doing, what is she doing yeah. right now? Yeah, she's full-time uh, okay. professor at, awesome. at a yeah Buffalo State, like a local university. Cool. So, yeah. how do you feel like that balances things out for you guys as parents? You know, with both you working and I mean, this year's been kind of weird with COVID, and I'm sure it's kind of affected the way her job is, and even your job yeah. coming out of residency and the fellowship. But, yeah. Um, how do you feel like that work-life balance is is going so far? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really good. We have, I I think she would say too, like a very good balance and you know, especially now that I have more flexibility, like I'm so 
it, it's like so important to me to try and be present, like just to be able to most mornings, I'm able to have breakfast with them and bring at least one kid to daycare. And I'm pretty much always home in time for like dinner with them. And so it, it's so nice. And, and I try to, I mean, I recognize that she early on took a lot of the, the brunt of kind of raising them. And so I'm really excited to be more involved in that. Yeah. Like I was always, but to, to have more ability to do that, like, like this morning, for instance, yesterday, I had a long case. And so I didn't get back till, you know, like seven, which is kind of their bedtime. And she was like in the midst of trying to put both of them down at the same time, which is like a nightmare. Um, and so I got there really at the tail end and she had to do the morning all by herself and stuff. So like I was able today to let her sleep in and like, I just got them up and did breakfast and took them to school or daycare. Um, and like, you know, I didn't have that flexibility before. And so I enjoyed that because, you know, it, it kind of gives me a different relationship with them too. Yeah. Do you feel like um, when you were choosing your path in medicine in terms of residency and, and everything, did you take into account that idea of the work-life balance beforehand? Or do you feel like that kind of grew as you were already in residency? Yeah, I absolutely did not. And, like, and I don't recommend doing that, I, <laughs> I, but I did not do that. Both my wife and I are kind of the people that we were like, you know, we're going to do like the hardest thing because like, we're just gonna, and like so mm -hmm. many of us have that mentality. Um, and that wasn't like the reason I went into plastics. It is a hard training and stuff. It's because I loved it, but I was, but I was like, I want to go to NYU. It's like this great place, the best place. And like, they work super hard and you get to learn everything. And that was a positive, but it also like, you know, I did have some burnout, which I didn't necessarily recognize at the time, but because the work-life balance was so skewed, and, and I was really a big part of what was skewing that just because I was like, you know, I need to do everything. And I wasn't even thinking about necessarily what I wanted to do. You know, I was taking on a lot of projects, a lot of extra stuff, um, sort of just because I felt like I had to or was expected mm -hmm. of me, that kind of thing. So, no. But in the transition from residency to becoming an attending, I would say that we did, my wife and I, like an awesome job of that because that was sort of when I was recognizing that I had, you know, was feeling burnout and that we never really kind of had looked at what we wanted and what our life, what we really wanted our ideal life to be. It was always kind of thinking of what we thought we should do or, you know, what we could do, which is always a little bit different than necessarily what you want to do. And so we, we like really sat and we, this was over months, but talked about, you know, what we wanted, what we wanted professionally, what we wanted as a family, personally, what we wanted our life to look like. And so that's why now I think we're in such a good place because we really intentionally kind of thought about a lot of that stuff and then matched it up to both of our job opportunities and, and sort of just how we've designed our life versus if we hadn't done that, I'm so sure we would have taken different jobs. We would have just be, we wouldn't be as happy. Mm -hmm, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, I talk a lot about it. It's a, it's a team effort with everything, especially when you have kids and kind of yeah, coming to oh, a totally. common, common consensus on things is, is definitely important. Um, yeah. You know, before you had kids, what, who would you say was maybe your most influential person in your life that affected the way you thought a dad was supposed to be or how a dad was before, before you had your own? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably I would say my maternal grandfather, um, you know, my, my dad was a big part of my life. He, my parents split up when I was probably like 10 or so, but he's still a, a huge person. But he, 
I just know like him growing up, his dad left when they were super young. You know, I only met him like once or twice in my life, mm-hmm. my paternal grandfather. And I think that always made it tough for my dad because he didn't really have that example and he always tried his best. But my maternal grandfather, I just like loved him and he was so supportive and just always there for, you know, my mom and then she had a brother and a sister. And so just the way that he kind of, I don't know. He had a very sort of like, it was a good mix of tough love and like, you know, not tough love, but but he was just so caring (laughs) and you knew he would do anything for you, but he wanted to show you and teach you how to do it first. Um, And so that's, his name was Samuel. And so that's why we named our firstborn Samuel. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you you talk about your grandfather. You're not the first one that said that. And, you know, I kind of look at how, you know, father figures and the father role has shifted and, you know, how originally dads were strictly, you go to work, you do your job, you come home kind of thing. And you sometimes wonder if, you know, at least the generations before, you know, in terms of the grandparent, they've already done that part. And now it's, hey, I get to hang out with my grandkids while their dad is doing that part. And it's, you know, I will be curious to see over the next generation or two, how that answer shifts. Cause it feels like that role, that dad role's definitely changed. Um, how do you feel like now that you've had kids, how do you feel like your expectations or your thoughts of what a dad was? How do you feel like that's changed? Yeah, I think like, I definitely expect myself to be much more involved or like, I find myself wanting to be more involved than necessarily I perceived maybe, you know, the, the older generations <laughs> and my father. Um, in, in sort of like the holistic capacity, you know, like just hearing stories, I'm, I'm sure this is like universal, but you know, like my mom's like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know if your dad knew how to change a diaper, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself like, Oh my God, if I tried to pull that, I would have been so dead, you know? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, well, not luckily for me, but I had my residency for pediatrics. So my wife knew, at least I should know where things go. <laughs> at yeah, that point. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, my wife very much was, and she didn't need to do it, but she's like, listen, this is like 50, 50. You're like doing as much diapers as me. You're doing as much. And I was like, all right, bring it on. Now I'm going to change diapers. There you go. Right. That's, that's yeah. a very strong key. And then as they get older, they fight you. And then you got to figure out how to use one arm to hold them and then the other yeah. arm to do it one handed. So that's, that's Oh my God. Part. I know. Yeah. We got the, <laughs> now our, our youngest that's still in diapers, our oldest potty train, but uh, he like, you know, refuses to lay down. Mm -hmm. So it's doing it standing up with like one hand, making sure he's not falling off whatever like furniture I'm trying to put it on. And yeah, it's, it's always a mess. It's a good time. It's, it's, I had had one person in our Facebook group talk about how they should have an Olympic sport for that because it's, it really, it takes a lot of work, a lot of strength and a lot of concentration and mental fortitude, I guess. But uh, yeah. 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 Well, I guess from here, if you get it on there too loose, like before oh. they go for night and then you get a wet bed or something that's you don't want to deal with that so yeah nope. you, you really got to get your technique down. yep you learn that's that's the uh i think the um the measuring stick there did you make it through yeah. the night perfect i got it right yeah so. exactly yeah well from your experiences i guess as a dad and, and with your job if you could come up with one tip for either new dads experienced dads out there what, what would be that one thing you would tell another friend or a dad um as advice yeah, the one thing I would say, I guess this is more for newer dads, but it's like anything because I a bunch of, you know, other residents in my program, most didn't really have kids. Um, some did, but a lot were like nervous about that. And so, you know, I had two, so they would always kind of ask, you know, how do you 
how do you manage that? How do you like thinking there's some secret formula? And it's just what I always tell them is like, there's no, there's no formula. There's no way, like it doesn't even make sense how you, how you manage it. Because like, I remember before we had our first kid, my wife and I just sitting there and being like, we're so busy. How the hell are we going to have a kid and like do all this stuff? Like, what are we going to do? How is this going to work? And we never answered that question. Like, it's just somehow you make everyday work until eventually it becomes a routine. And then the same thing for our second kid. We were like, we already have like one, one and a half year old and we're still working and super busy and like living in this tiny apartment in New York City, making like very little resident money. Like, what are we going to do? How is this going to work? And somehow it just did. So I think that's the thing is like, you know, I guess there's never, there's never a good time. You're never going to feel like you're ready. You're never going to figure it out. Like you kind of just know if that's what you want to do and you're ready for it. And I say, you know, go for it. Obviously it's the best thing in the world. It's way more like the, any sort of satisfaction I could get or fulfillment I get from work is like totally eclipsed by just going home and like the smile on my kid's face, you know? And I think like everyone would say that. No, that's awesome. That's, that's really good advice. And yeah, I agree. It's, you don't realize how much time you have in the day to do things until yeah, you're kind of stuck just doing it and it, it, yeah, just kinda, exactly. it works out. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. I like that. No, that's perfect. Um, well, going to take a sidetrack here. You know, this year yeah. you, you came out of residency and, and, and fellowship and now you're an attending, or I guess, I don't know if you're, if that's the word you'd use for where you're yeah. at in your li- yeah. role of life, I guess. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but you also started a, a blog, you're on a podcast. You want to mention just real quick what that's about and kind yeah, of what sure. got you into it? Yeah. So I started a blog, The Prudent Plastic Surgeon, and it kind of ties into what I was talking about before where I was feeling burned out and didn't really, um, you know, hadn't really thought about what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then the other kind of portion of that was that like financially, I was just totally clueless and I'd really kind of dug myself a big hole and I kind of like for all seven years that I was in residency, you know, people are like, Oh, you're going to be a plastic surgeon. It's going to be fine. It's like, it's all good. And then I got to the end and I was like, it's not going to be fine. Like I'm seeing how much, you know, like I'm going to get paid and stuff. And I still have, you know, I have like over $400,000 of loans. It was over 450,000 and like, I was just like, it's not going to be okay unless I figure this stuff out. And so I started learning about personal finance. Me and my wife like came up with financial plan, et cetera. And all this was during my fellowship. So I wasn't making more money, but just that having a plan and sort of starting to at least stop digging the hole and starting to climb out. Like I found that I was a lot happier and like my overall well-being was a lot better. And also that I became a better doctor because I was like really worried about that stuff. Like my loans constantly were on my mind and how all this stuff was going to sort out. And so, you know, I really felt a lot better. And then becoming an attending, I realized just how important it was to to have that sort of mindset shift beforehand because it's so easy to all of a sudden have your salary expand by huge amounts and then to let lifestyle creep and just mismanagement kind of like hamstring you. And you see so many physicians working longer than they, than they want and, and getting burned out and also um, sort of living paycheck to paycheck, which is just a shame. And, and, and a lot of it's because we don't have financial education early on. So my goal with the blog was just to like be a voice of someone who's still in it, like still in the grind, in the journey, totally in debt 
and you know also to sort of illustrate that you know probably your situation wasn't as bad as mine <laughs> so if i can do it like you're going to be totally fine so it's yeah. been fun that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. definitely a good read. So if you're if you're listening out there and you want to see if you're not familiar with what doctors go through and and you know it's there's probably people out there like oh my gosh stop talking about this you're yeah. a doctor you're yeah, making exactly. all this money but I, I don't think people realize the debt you come out of school with typically in, in most cases and yeah. so if if you're someone out there who um, is curious to see what that's like behind the scenes it's it's a it's a good read um, to see kind of from start to finish there and. Hopefully we'll see the the end of those those loans hit you yeah. sooner and the way you're yeah. moving. I'm sure you're going to get there pretty quick. So it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, cool. Well, you know, I'll leave a, a, a link to the, the blog. And also, I know you're on the podcast too. And we'll leave a link to that as well um, in the Perfect. show notes. I know the podcast covers a little bit different um, topics in, in terms from a doctor's perspective. But yeah, um, but we'll yeah that, that was a little yeah. more sort of like financial nuts and bolts. Yep. Cool. So... Well, any other lasting tips or thoughts on your mind before we sign off, I guess? <laughs> no, no, I think uh, no, I think we covered a lot and it was a lot of fun. I think what you're doing is is awesome and like totally needed, something I wish I had to to listen to, you know, when I was going through this. So thanks for what you're doing. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate all you're doing too and um appreciate you stopping by. All right. Thanks so much. This has been the Imperfect Dad MD podcast, and I just want to say thanks again to Jordan for coming on the show, talking about life as a dad as a, and as a plastic surgeon and, and being a new physician. You know, a lot of his dad life was really grown in residency. So hope to hear more from him and see how his life progresses as a dad and as a physician and as a blogger as well. Um, again, remember to subscribe, leave a review, appreciate everything you can do, and we'll see you next time. My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.